Welcome to our once a week podcast entitled What's in a Hymn. It reflects on some of the hymns that God's people have sung for generations. Today, as it is Palm Sunday, we reflect on the hymn Ride On, Ride On in Majesty. This hymn by Henry Millman, Vicar of St Mary's Reading, who was known for being a skilled poet was written as part of a project in the 1820s to compile a hymn book based on the church liturgical year. And so we have this well-known and popular Palm Sunday hymn. What must be understood about this hymn is that it is not a narrative of Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. It is a hymn that points to the cross, the resurrection, and the ascension of Jesus. So whilst this hymn does picture the excitement of the triumphal entry, it also shows us what the crowds did not see or understand. It is said that the power of the hymn lies in the way that the first line of each verse contrasts with what follows in the verse. So that is how I want to look at this hymn. So as we come to verse 1, there is a note of majesty and kingship. Ride on, ride on in majesty. Hark, all the tribes, Hosanna cry. But look at what follows. A hint that it is not what the crowds think. O saviour meek, pursue thy road. Here is Jesus beginning that journey on the road to Calvary and the agony and death of the cross. The second verse is more explicit. It begins with that note of majesty. Ride on, ride on in majesty. But now it is stated more clearly. In lowly pomp, ride on to die. The entry into Jerusalem is to go to his death. But it is now that a second truth is introduced. While Jesus is going to his death, it will lead to triumph, to victory. Triumph and victory over sin and death. Our salvation. So, O Christ, thy triumphs now begin. O captive death and conquered sin. In the third verse, there is the contrast with ride on, ride on in majesty. As we see the angels looking down upon the scene with sad and wandering eyes to see the approaching sacrifice. They see but do not fully understand Jesus going to his death. Remember, 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 12 reminds us that the good news sent from heaven contains things into which the angels long to look. In the fourth verse, we see beyond the cross to the ultimate triumph, but only after the initial contrast. Ride on, ride on in majesty. But not to continuing adulation, but to the rejection of the crowds, the betrayal, desertion, trial, punishments, and death on a cross. Thy last and fiercest 
strife is nigh. But then the verse finishes with what is beyond the cross. Remember Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2 tells us Jesus, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Well, it is echoed in this verse 4 of the hymn. The Father on his sapphire throne awaits his own anointed Son. The last verse repeats what is there at the beginning of verse 2. Ride on, ride on in majesty, in lowly pomp, ride on to die. It spells out the cost for Jesus. Bow your meek head to mortal pain. But it finishes on a note of triumph. Jesus' death was not a defeat, but a victory. After his death, not only will there be the resurrection and ascension, but Jesus reigning as King of Kings. Then take, O God, thy power and reign. And notice the deity of Jesus, God incarnate for this very purpose, our salvation, it is proclaimed. Then take, O God. It is impossible to fully understand what must have been on Jesus' mind as he entered Jerusalem, for he knew the pain and the suffering that awaited him. But he followed that road to the cross, for he loved us, and it was his purpose to save us. Oh, what love! And in the words of another hymn, I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene, and wonder how he could love me, a sinner condemned, unclean. And as John Owen said, we are never nearer Christ than when we find ourselves lost in holy amazement at his unspeakable love. Amen.